By the age of 12, I was in a sexual relationship. By the age of 15, I was already getting into drugs and becoming addicted. By the time I was 21 years old, I had already been in jail 15 times. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, who found answers, and a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of a broken family to perpetually continue destroying the lives of children right into their adulthood. Now, what is the answer to this problem? As broken families and divorce plague our society and often causes economic and social issues for kids that can change their lives in a negative way forever. Of course, not every family suffers this way in a broken family, but today we will have Michael Dow with us who grew up in a broken family that made him susceptible to making some very poor decisions. He became a drug dealer, a drug user, and made a lot of bad decisions in his life. He had something amazing though that changed his life forever. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, it's such a joy to be with you. Yeah, Michael Dow, you are awesome, my friend. I am really excited to have you share your story because I understand your life is no longer into drugs and drug dealing, but let's get into it. I understand you came from a broken family. Tell us how you got into drugs and drug dealing and at what age? Yeah, by the age of 12, I was in a sexual relationship. By the age of 15, I was already experimenting with drugs and becoming addicted By the age of 17, I had already been to jail several times. My parents had been divorced. My home was broken. At that point is when I got expelled from high school. I started running with the wrong crowd. You know, it's amazing how when you're in a bad circumstance, you find it easier to flock to people that are going through similar experiences. Right. And that's exactly where I was. I ended up out on the streets, out of my home, living out of my car for about a year and a half, running around with a group of guys that were doing similar things and had similar likes. And it was a recipe for disaster at that point in my life. Mm. Michael, emotionally, How did you feel about coming from a broken family as a child? I mean, did you understand what was really going on in your life at that time? You know, I had a lot of things going on in life that nobody could give me answers for. Everything seemed to be going wrong and nobody could tell me why. And at that point, I was angry because I wanted change and I just didn't know how to make it happen. You know, the things that were breaking and the way that I was starting to act and the things that I was getting involved in, these were things that I never thought my life would have ended up looking like. Right. And there was so much confusion. And I think I was angry because I was confused, mm. you know, and nobody brought me clarity. I didn't necessarily have a great support system. You know, we weren't in relationships with other families. Right. We never went to church. You know, there was not anything really positive except for the fact that we were just together. But when the together got broken, everything shattered in a million pieces and it just seemed to be going so fast. And again, nobody could tell me why. I understand. I think a lot of us, when something bad happens in our family background, we often don't understand why. And if there isn't someone to give us those answers, we'll go out looking for those answers. Where did the lack of answers eventually lead you to? 
You know, that led me to a life of crime, a life of violence. I started getting into drugs to try to deal with the pain and the frustration. You know, drugs come along with a certain lifestyle and a certain crowd, and it was partying, and it was girls, and it was trouble, you know, and it was in and out of jail. And by the time I was 21 years old, I had already been in jail 15 times. Wow. I can remember, in fact, in 2001, I went to jail five times in one calendar year. Wow. So you were constantly getting into trouble with the law then? The last time that I went, all of the judges in two different counties knew me on a first name basis. And the fourth time that I was there, she said, if I ever see you again, it's minimum 366 days, a year and a day in state. And I ended up going back. And I remember as I was on my way, I went prepared to go long term. And I showed up in court that day. And at the last possible moment, a public defender intervened for me. Now, he was not overseeing my case. He just happened to be in the courtroom that day. And at the last moment when I was about to be judged, she was about to slam the gavel down. And he intervened for me and he said, wait, wait, wait. Could we do like a drug and alcohol program? Could we do probation? Could we do this? Could we do that? And I remember thinking to myself, where did he come from? And why does he care about what happens to me? And it was that year that I ended up meeting a girl at a party. I ended up going to church. And things started to head in a different direction for me. But if I would not have been intervened for by the public defender, none of the opportunities and things that actually ended up happening that very next year would have been possible. Mm, Wow. So it's like you got another chance, but something happened. You met this Christian girl who liked you and she gave you some expectations to go to church. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it was crazy at the time. Like I said, I didn't grow up in a house where we went to church or you know talked about God or anything like that. I mean, it was very far from that. But I met this girl and she said, hey, things would be better for us if you start coming to church because my parents would like you. You could score points with them. <laughs> at the time I was 20. And I did what any 20-year-old young dude is going to do. I was like, man, we're going to church. (laughs) I would get up on Sundays, and I lived about 45 minutes away. I had a five-year suspension on my driver's license for street racing with a suspended license with knowledge. So they would come and pick me up, and I would get up early on Sundays and drink and smoke before they came to get me. And I would go to church blasted out of my mind, and I would sit in the back row And I would laugh at these people, man. This place was a circus. I was like, what is going on? Like, these were the craziest people I had ever seen in my life. I was like, man, I thought I saw crazy stuff out on the streets. I was (laughs) like, oh, no way. Like, what is going on in here? Hmm. Yeah, I think that church can be weird for people who normally don't go to church, especially if, you know, the people are really passionate for God. Now, is this what you experienced as someone who didn't really believe in God? I'll never forget the first service I ever went to. Now, again, I have no context for church life. The first service I ever went to, there was a young guy on the platform leading the music and, you know, playing a keyboard and singing songs. And again, I don't even really know what's going on. Yeah. And he called everybody to the front of the church and they were singing this song, Set Me on Fire. (laughs) And people were jumping and dancing and crying and running around. And I was like, what is going on in here? Like, set me on fire. Like, dude, are you serious? You know, and I'm high, I'm drunk. I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) Ah, yeah. He meant that people would be on fire for God. And here you were thinking he was talking about a literal fire. (laughs) But before anything got better from seeing this at church, I understand that you discovered something very bad that made you really assess your life. I understand you got diagnosed with having herpes 
an uncurable sexually transmitted disease. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I woke up one morning with some complications and realized that I needed to get to the hospital ASAP. And I called my mom and my mom said, I'll try to get you an appointment for next week. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. We are going today. Because at the time I wasn't living in my house. You know, I was 17 years old, living out of my car, living with friends. And I ended up in a doctor's office, sitting across the desk from a practicing professional. And I don't say that in any negative way, but at that time, he looked at me and he said, for the rest of your life, you are now going to bear in your body the consequences of your lifestyle and decisions. Wow. He said, science has no hope for you. There's no cure. If you ever have a wife and are intimate with a spouse, she will have the disease. If you ever have children, they will have the disease. He said, this will be a forever part of your story. He said, the best that I can do for you is prescribe you these pills that you'll have to take day after day called Valtrex. And he said, the best that we'll be able to do is suppress this disease. This is not something where it's actually going to heal you, cure you, or make you any better. It's just going to bring suppression. And I remember leaving the doctor's office that day, and I didn't come out of my room for three weeks. Mm. I was suicidal. I was so broken. I was angry. There was nobody to blame but myself because of the way that I was living, but I couldn't even necessarily pinpoint who or where it came from mm. because of how I was living. Mm. Michael, let's stop there. Because I understand that as things were getting worse, it even got more worse, but eventually you discovered something that brought you out of all this crazy lifestyle. Michael, thanks for being on our show. Thank you so much. Hold on. I want to share some deeper thoughts right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Well, first, I wanted to point out that it is alarming knowing how many divorces happen out there. And I can tell you from experience, divorce really weighs on the kids, even though society says that kids are resilient and will bounce back. Statistics show, however, that broken families make kids more susceptible to risky behaviors like early sexual activity and drug use. Michael fell right into that statistic, didn't he? And once he was in, it was so hard to get out of that. You can see how he went through consequences for his lifestyle of getting genital herpes, which is a major bummer, as this is normally something you will live with your entire life. What does someone do when they inherit brokenness from a decision someone else made? Sounds unfair, right? Personally, I think divorce is really unfair to the children. It is written in Malachi 2, 15 through 16, but did he not make them one? And he's talking about marriage, by the way. Having a remnant of the spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit. Let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. 
For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. God hates divorce because it threatens having godly offspring, and it opens the kids up to all sorts of pain and suffering that they have to struggle with all their lives. And I know that despite this knowledge, people still divorce all over the place. I understand. And how can a young person overcome the internal pain and suffering that they will deal with? How? The truth is, they need an encounter with the living God. And if this is you, you need an encounter with the living God. I know I went through it. The Lord can take it from there. He can help you with the problems that you have working within you. I want to pray for someone listening who feels like they've been trying to wrestle with their internal pain all on their own. Let's pray. Father God, I'm just lifting up everyone who has either been through a divorce or is going through one. And specifically, Lord, I want to pray for the parents, but I want to pray for the kids. And that maybe you've gone through something like this and you're dealing with so much pain and wreckage and you're just feeling confused and so many internal struggles. Friend, don't walk through this alone. Jesus is here to take you. Receive him in the mighty name of Jesus. I hope you were blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.